0: You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Or then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the Internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, ManyRoadsTravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! Hey there! It's episode 38. On today's episode, this is a big one, (laughs) a lot of traveling. So we're going to be coming... 870 miles on this episode taking us up to 17,270 miles and you know when it's travel day they aren't usually the best. (laughs) All right so pick it up where we left off. It's day 233 and we just had an amazing three day in Mahali Park hanging out with chimpanzees which was one of my best experiences in my life. It was amazing. Probably spent about ten, eleven hours with them in total. So if y'all want to hear more about that, check out last week's episode. So we're in Kagoma, Tanzania, on the western part of Tanzania, on the eastern side of Lake Tanganyika, and we've just gone off the got off the ferry, trying to get some train tickets to get to Dodoma, and then from Dodoma we have to get a bus to get to Arusha. So Arusha was a kind of our destination, but like I said, it's you know. Almost a 1,000 miles. (laughs) So he had to break it up, basically. So we headed to the train station, and they didn't have any tickets for that day, and he didn't even have any for the next day. But, you know, it's Claire and I, and Claire's my friend, English girl, who I've been traveling with for about two months. We met in Nairobi, so we kind of did, I guess, a little lap around the Victoria (laughs) Managed to be able to charm the station master, and he said, "Well, listen, what I can do is I can put you on a waiting list, and just come around in the mor tomorrow morning, and see if I could, you know, was able to get you seats, and Cause we wanted second class uh, cabin seats. So we're like, okay, well, that's the best we can do, really, and just kind of spent the day hanging around in Kagoma. There's not a lot to do, to be honest. But we'd given. The hotel we were staying, which was a really quaint, lovely little it was in a colonial old building, but it was a really nice hotel, great room. The lady that owned it was lovely or that worked there, and we had given her literally pretty much except for what we were wearing all of our clothes to wash because we hadn't done laundry for weeks, and everything we had was filthy so by the time we got back to the hotel, she had a, our fresh, clean laundry. I mean, I had eighteen pieces of clothes washed, and it cost me about a dollar. <laughs> So happy days. <laughs> I always hand wash, even to this day, my underwear, bras, and socks. But other things, yes, I'll get someone else to do them. That's not a problem. Plus, it helps local people with a bit of money, right? So, of course, you know, with Claire and I, nothing else to do. So it was an afternoon drinking session because <laughs> we go to the railway hotel, which overlooked the lake and it's a prime spot for sunsets. So we did that, had a few beers. And also, We were really loving our Primus beers, which is actually from the Congo. And then just for dinner, the normal, everyday, usual African fare of rice, beans, cabbage. Occasionally, you get potatoes instead of rice. That was it. I mean, that's what we ate pretty much every day for months. (laughs) Sometimes you get chicken. Sometimes you get fish. And sometimes Claire made guacamole. That was it. Getting a bit bored. So we're really looking forward to getting to Arusha as well, because it's a much bigger city. Claire had already been to Arusha and has a great food scene. So really looking forward to getting to Arusha. So the next morning, we headed out to the train station to look for the train master. Couldn't find him. So I thought, well, let's just ask to see if our name's on the list, the waiting list. And lo and behold, there I was. So we had our tickets, which is great. And we were leaving that night. And our tickets cost us, just over, I think, just over $20 each. So I had to go to the bank because... Back in 93, no ATM. So I just had travelers, checks, or cash. So I went to the bank, changed some money up. I was getting super worried because I was down to 500 bucks. That's all I had left. And I still had to get to Cape Town. I mean, I'd been on the road f- this point almost eight months. So pretty good going, but worried only 500 bucks left. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff I still wanted to do. But I was like, you know what? I'll figure it out. It'll happen. Or my mom will have to lend me some money or something will work out. So I was like, there's no point in me getting stressed about it, which is another reason I was on such a tight budget. So when you hear me talking about staying in dingy places for two bucks a night, well, that's because I'd much rather travel longer and sleep in less luxurious, shall we say, places (laughs) and eat local food. Because, yeah, I'd much rather travel longer and also do experiences like the gorillas and the chimps. Hey ho, I was like, well, screw it. What will be, will be. Packed up our stuff, all our fresh and clean clothes, said goodbye to the lady, and then head to the train station about 4 o'clock. We finally found our sleeper carriage. And, of course, it was packed full of women. (laughs) So there was uh, four women in there with three kids. Now, it's a six-bunk sleeper, so already it's super full. I don't know if it was our ticket, but we had the top bunks. Now, you had to be basically a contortionist to get up there. And then when you're up there, there was maybe three inches from your nose to the roof. Quite claustrophobic and very hot. So it kind of sucked. And then the ladies would never put down the middle seat. The kids would kind of crouch on the lower bunk and then they'd sit or lay on the middle bunk. So we only had the top bunk, like our each our own top bunk. So that was really annoying. And then the windows kind of had like slats on them so people don't break into your windows. I don't know, on a moving train. I don't know. So they refused to lift those so you could see out the window. So you couldn't see anything. It was like, oh, here we go again. I feel like I'm in prison. (laughs) You know, can't see anything. Super hot. So the only way you could see something is if you went and, like, went in the narrow aisle. And, of course, the train's really rocking. And, you know, people coming by and guys are trying to feel a grope, you know, get lucky, whatever. The usual men behavior in many countries not just in tanzania or africa so we just kind of went to the dining carriage because at least we could sit up (laughs) and lie down although they did the same thing with the windows i don't know why like it's like are you kidding me why can't we see although to be honest that part of tanzania it's pretty much just scrublands there's not a lot to see there i mean you can in the background you can see some mountain ranges like Mahali, Mahali, and the Runzori's at a very low distance. and then I, So there wasn't a hell of a lot to see anyways, but it would have been nice to at least see something. So, yeah, we just ate some dinner and played some cards and then just kind of went back to our crazy bunks and tried to sleep. But, of course, like I said, it was so hot. And she wouldn't even crack the window open, like an inch. I'm like, she's like, oh, no, no, people will come and steal. I'm like, it's one inch, unless they're little tiny leprechauns. I don't think. I think we'll be okay. Plus, we're moving. <laughs> I don't know. Just falling asleep at about midnight. She gets up and turns the lights on. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh. And she left them on for hours. I was like, are you kidding me? i like, I'm a bad sleeper anyways. I like it dark. I like it cool. <laughs> well, I don't like to really be on a moving train, but, you know, at least give me dark and cool. No. Nothing. <laughs> So didn't really get much sleep. Next day, pretty much the same as the day before. Spent a lot of time listening to tunes and, you know, writing some postcards and letters in my journal. Claire and I would take breaks and go to the dining car, but it was not great. That's for sure. We were not having a good time. (laughs) Like I said, when I know I've had some good days, there's always half a dozen at least bad ones to follow. In our three days... In Mahali were amazing days, so take the good with the bad, or the bad with the good, I guess. (laughs) So after 29 hours on yet again another train from hell, we pulled in to Dodoma at about 9.30 at night. Hallelujah. We just walked to the first hotel we saw, which was called the CCT Hotel. And it was a bit more expensive than what we like to pay. <laughs> so it was 1,500 shillings, Tanzanian shillings. And at the time, I think it was about 180 shillings to the U.S. dollar. Nowadays, it's about 2,300 shillings to the dollar. So they said it's 1,500 shillings. So what's that, about eight bucks or something? And we're like, you know, we're too tired. I don't care. Let's just take it. Well, it was like the presidential suite. <laughs> It was one of the nicest rooms I've ever had on this. Well, at least on this trip, maybe my room in Eritrea was up there. But few and far between, let me tell you. There was like two big, really comfortable beds with mosquito nets. We had a sink and fresh towels. And there was clean bathrooms and showers down the hallway with hot water. What? <laughs> so it's like, all right, luxury. And because it was quite late. You know, we both had showers, and then we hadn't eaten dinner, so decided to walk around Dodoma. Well, Dodoma, there wasn't a lot to do. Most of the buildings, they looked like, oh wow, well, these all look like really nice new buildings. Well, they're all empty. <laughs> Half of them were empty. So the only restaurant we could find that was open was a Wimpy's, which is like a fast food place. <laughs> And they only had chips, <laughs> like fries. I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll get fries and a soda. <laughs> so that was our dinner. But we did have a very, very good night's sleep. The next day, it was, yep, feeling good. It was great to get some sleep. We're like, okay, now we got to get our bus to Arusha. We're almost there. One more big step to get to Arusha. Go to the bus station. Well, unfortunately, because you wanted to get, you know, two-seaters. But they were all full. So they only were two seats in a three-seater at the back of the bus. I know it was no good, because <laughs> these roads, the potholes you hit, you're flying in the air, like your head's almost cracking on the top of the bus, so we had no choice, so it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll take those, and it wasn't leaving till the next morning, too, so we had another day to kill in Dodomo, which kind of sucked, especially because the hotel was a bit more pricey than usual, and there was nothing to do in Dodomo, but hey, ho, another day to kill in Africa. <laughs> So basically just spent most of the day catching up on my journal and doing repairs on my backpack. Because this board, I mean, it was brand new when I left. So I'd been on the road coming up to eight months. But it was African travel. Back of trucks, these huge trucks. Or buses. Like buses, I'd have to climb on the the ladder at the back of the bus with my 50-pound backpack on, tie it up there, lock it up there, and then come down. And then do that again when we arrived. In the midst of all these men trying to... For a tip, they'll do it for me, but I'm like, no thanks, (laughs) because I know what's up there. I know how to lock it. No. So, but they're hassling you as well. So it was just a pain in the butt, man, to do this. But you had to do it every time. So needless to say, my backpack was taking a beating. And not also including my the truck accident in Ethiopia I almost died. The back of the truck landed on my backpack along with the two men sitting next to me who did die. And if I hadn't jumped, I would have been dead as well. So it took a pretty big beating there, too. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, we are up early because we were told the bus left at 7 a.m. Paid for, because when we arrived, we only thought we were going to stay one night. So we had to pay stay two nights. So we paid for our two nights. Headed to the bus station. Got to the bus station 7. Of course, the bus wasn't ready to go. At about 7.30, this guy who I'd never seen before, he comes over and he said, you're staying at the CTT Hotel. I said, yeah. He's like, you only paid for one night. I was like, no, I, I paid for two nights for both of us just now to a li- the lady. No, you didn't. I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, show me your receipt. I just started out. I'm like, "What? when? I've never received your receipt. <laughs> any hotels in Africa ever, including from yours. <laughs> so I can't show you receipts you never gave me one. And he was just ranting and raving that I've only paid for one night, didn't pay for two nights, blah, blah, blah. You need to come back to the hotel with me. I'm like, oh no, here we go again. Keep your cool. <laughs> and I was like, listen, our bus is about to leave. I promise you, I paid for two nights. No, no, no. I go talk to the bus driver. I tell him to wait for you. And then you come to the hotel. So he did that. So I really didn't have a choice. So Claire stayed with our bags and like even my day bag, she had everything, right? Because the hotel wasn't very far. It was the only a couple of walk. So went with him and I must have told him 10 times, you know, the story. He goes, shows me the registration book where you put your name and your passport number and the day you arrive, the day you're leaving. Well, when we came, we thought we were only going to stay for one night because we wanted to get the bus the day before, but it was full. So we had to stay for two nights, but I paid the lady for two nights. But he's just showing him the registration. Look, only paid for one night. Only paid for one night. I'm like, I know. So for the 20th time, I've explained to him the situation. I'm like, can you find the lady so she can vouch for what I'm saying? Luckily, two minutes later, she walked in. And then he starts, you know, talking to her. And yeah, she verifies everything I said. So now he looks like an idiot. But he does apologize profusely. And then, can you know, says, well, can't go back to the bus? So I'm like, thanks, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, I get back to the bus station. No bus, no Claire, no bags, no nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, heart attack happening right now. What the hell? Like, everything I own is with Claire or on the bus or what? Where's the bus? I'm freaking out. Can't see Anyone like I don't want to. I can even ask where it's happened. (laughs) So I just sit down. There's a bench there. I sit down. 45 minutes later of heart palpitations. Claire comes moseying over. Yeah, the bus um is just down the road around the corner. It broke down. So they're welding it back together right now. I'm like, oh my god, dude, you had heart attack. She was like, yeah. They just wanted to do like a lap around the block to to test it, and it failed. Great. We're about to go on this bus for hours and hours and they're welding it. She's like, Yeah, it's not looking good. I'm like, Oh my God. We already have the worst seats on the bus. And now we have a bus that is literally being welded together. Not a good sign. (laughs) Walk back to the bus. And as we're walking up, they're welding the steering wheel. Oh my god like said, so i just mentioned that ethiopian truck accident and i still got nervous about being on any transport in africa because anytime i get on something i look for my exit side like how can i get off this bus or truck or whatever i'm on quickly if in case there's an accident i'm not going to be able to do that on this bus because uh, i'm on the back of the bus so it was like okay guardian angels you're on duty again <laughs> So finally, at 10.30, (laughs) we've been there since 7, they reckon the bus is roadworthy. So everyone piles back on the bus. I managed to get the window seat, so then there's Claire, but then there's this idiot next to Claire. I got the window seat for about the first five hours because we thought we'd share. You know, we're nice like that. Every, and there's a lot, it's dirt road, so a lot of bumps and potholes. Yep, you're flying up, so you can't sleep. You can't really relax too much. It's just like, oh, my God. It's almost like riding a Buck and Bronco for <laughs> hours on end. And then, no surprise, at 2.30 p.m., the bus breaks down in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. So now they have to try and tie the back axle of the bus on with a piece of string. <laughs> three hours three hours they spent doing that pretty hot in the middle of nowhere awesome anyways they finally get it tied on there i guess or i don't even know what happened but then it was claire's turn to have the window seat so i had to get to sit in the middle next to the idiot (laughs) great my favorite and again like the train well at least we could see out the window so there was that But, yeah, it's still scrubland. There's not a lot to see. Didn't see really any animals. It just all looks pretty much the same. And also, knees were right up against the seat behind you, which was metal. So by the end of this trip, our knees were black and blue, plus a few other bruises from, you know, hitting the rooftop. (laughs) So super fun. So we finally got going. Yeah, back on the road at 5.30 p.m. They stop at 10 p.m. in this little small town that had a little cafe that was open for dinner. 10 p.m. But they only had, again, fries. They love their chips or fries, man. Anyways, and they had a couple of little African cakes, these little cakes. So we got four of those and some chips, and that was our dinner. And it was back on the bus. So we left at 11 o'clock. Thankfully, after a little while, we hit tarmac. So we had at least a tarmac road for the last three hours. So that was something. (laughs) Every little thing, you look for the good. So about 3.30 in the morning, pulled into the city. Claire and I didn't know if it was Arusha or not. We just pulled into the city. And on the outskirts was a gas station. So he filled up and then literally just drove around the corner into a driveway. And we stayed in that driveway for an hour and a half. No explanation, no reason. We're like, what is going on? I started finding it's going. We're two minutes from the bus station in Arusha oh my god so this was i believe 22 hour bus journey after our 29 hour train <laughs> happy days just very very happy that we arrived in Arusha and like i said claire had stayed there before so we went to the safari guest house at about 5 15 a.m and they're like well we can't give you room until six in the morning but you can have a shower so we had our showers And they brought us a cup of tea. It was like, oh, civilization, here we go. And then finally got our room at 6 o'clock. And we just crashed. (laughs) Exhausted. Although I only slept for four hours because my hunger pains woke me up. So that was annoying, but Claire kind of woke up the same for the same reason. She was like, "Okay, well, let's." Th- I'm going to take you to this awesome breakfast place it's called Mama's, and yeah, Big Mama was awesome, and yeah, we had a big fresh fruit salad, and then some amazing French toast and really good tea, and it was just something different. It was like, oh my god, different food, French toast. <laughs> because again, breakfast was omelets basically. That's usually was always omelets. So then afterwards, walk. You know, she gave me a, a little tour of Arusha. And yeah, it was like well, we're back in kind of civilization. There was lots of other travelers there and tourists. Like Sungus. what I was most excited about, obviously, was the food, <laughs> different food. And so for lunch we had veggie samosas and ice cream. <laughs> oh my god, it was I was so excited. <laughs> and we did a little pub crawl, <laughs> a few beers. Met a few travelers in the bars to chat to them, which was great. And also, Arusha was a big milestone for me because I'm almost halfway time-wise in the trip. I mean, I didn't know at the time, obviously, but this trip was last 16 months, and I'm coming up to eight months. But also, and in miles, because now we're up to, what did I say, over 17,000 miles, so over halfway in miles, but also Arusha is literally halfway between Cairo and Cape Town. I mean, I came from Paris, but hey, I'm halfway through Africa, so that was pretty cool. But also, on a sadder note, it was coming the time for me and Claire to go our separate ways, which was really sad because we'd had a great time. The two months were together. It was really nice traveling with another girl. But also, so now was going to be the start of me actually traveling on my own properly for the first time. Because when I left Casey, who I left the trip with, we were together for about five and a half months. But then I met Craig, the Australian guy. and We traveled together about two weeks. And then I met Claire in Nairobi. And we've been traveling together ever since. So, yeah, I was now going to be on my own properly, which I was excited about, actually. But, you know, a little nervous, but I was I was excited about it. So it was okay with that. But I was just really going to miss Claire. Back in 93, you know, keeping in touch wasn't as easy as it is nowadays. And I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. So it was kind of bittersweet. The next morning after breakfast, we headed off to the conference center because that's kind of where all the safari trekking tour companies are. And I wanted to go to Nagorogor Crater, so it's like a day and a half safari you do, which Claire had done before, and she was like, it's awesome, you got to do that. And then she wanted to go hike Mount Muru, so we both kind of needed to book our respective safaris, treks. I just knew that I needed to put the crater, because I also wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, so I needed to get those on my credit cards, because like I said, I had 500 bucks left on travel checks, so I was low on funds. Claire had suggested she... Use Equator Tours, because that's the company she used to do to go to Nagargar Crater. So finally found them, but you walk in and like, <laughs> all the tour guides and operators are just on you, hassling you to book with them or whatever, right? So it's slightly crazy, definitely full on. Finally managed to find Equator Tours, go in there, and I said, well, it's just me. Well, listen, I have two Belgian guys that might be going tomorrow morning, so... If they are, what I can do is I'll come to your guest house tonight and tell you if you're gonna go in the morning. I'm <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire was getting information about Mount Muru and she met a girl called Miriam who was really flippy floppy whether she wanted to go or not. So we got something done, but not really. After the comfort center, we decided, well this, you know, this could be our last night together, so we should celebrate. So we went to this kind of Chinese-slash-Indian restaurant. <laughs> Slightly a bit more upmarket than we were used to. When he gave me the menu, I just was like, whoa, that's just way too many options. I don't know what to do. It was like I freaked out. Brain was like, this is too much to compute. So the waiter was this little Indian guy. and He was hilarious trying to help me figure out what to have. Because also, I'd never really eaten proper Indian food before, ever in my life. Which is funny, since I ended up living in India for three and a half years years later but hey at the time in Canada and it just wasn't really that big where I was or popular where I was from so we had to explain what everything well oh my god it was hilarious but at the end of it i so I finally decided to go for which is hilarious because it wasn't even Indian but <laughs> chicken chow mein and well I did go for garlic naan bread so I went Chinese and Indian and we'd, we'd had had a couple of beers in the afternoon after the conference center. So we had two more beers waiting for the food to come because I think it took about an hour and a half. But didn't mind. You know, Claire and I were a good chat and just going through our two months together what everything we did together and all that jazz. And the food was worth the wait anyways for a change. Um, it was this huge platter of chicken chow mein with lots of different vegetables I hadn't had for ages. And, and the garlic naan was delicious as well. So, yeah, it was just a really, really good night. And it was just kind of a little bit weird because we didn't know if it really was our last night or not. Because <laughs> Claire still didn't know what she was doing. And I didn't know if, whether I was leaving to go on safari in the morning or not. So I was up early the next morning because I was paranoid that I'd missed. Because the guy, well, I wasn't there, but he didn't come or he didn't leave a note or anything. So I didn't know if I was leaving in the morning. Was I didn't want to miss him. Plus I had to pack up my stuff, all that, you know. So I, didn't, I, was, I was up early. But he still hadn't shown up. So we went for breakfast, went back to Mama's, some more French toast, and then went back to the hotel. No, still wasn't there. So we walked back to the conference center and I went to the Quetta Tours. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't know until now. You can go at two o'clock today. Those two Belgian guys are gonna leave at two o'clock today, if that's okay. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. He wanted like a hundred bucks or something for the day and a half to Nagara Crater, so that included like camping and transportation and the. And I was like, no, fifty bucks, because <laughs> that's what Claire paid. So I knew that I just wouldn't. Move. I'm like not budging at fifty. Basically, take it or leave it. There's like I said, there's a million other tour operators out there. So after a half an hour of him trying to get me to go up, I was like. He finally agreed at fifty bucks, so he wasn't happy about it, but I didn't care. <laughs> Take it or leave it, basically, buddy <laughs> and he said, "Okay, we'll pick you up at two o'clock from your guest house. I like, okay, awesome and and I could pay on my credit card, so that was great and Meanwhile, Claire had booked her huts and guide for Meru, but Miriam was still humming and high and whether she wanted to go with Claire, I was like, "You just ditch that chick, she's crazy." <laughs> You know, of course, she was spoiled well, traveling with me for two months too, right? <laughs> so yeah, all Claire had left to do was to sort out her transportation to get to Mount Meru from Arusha, which is only about twenty-two k or something so far. So we did a bit more running around in town, and then I got back to the, my the hotel, packed. Literally, just as I finished packing, the jeep pulled up for me. Basically, said bye to Claire. And she's like, listen, I'll leave you a note. Because I don't know if I'm going back. I don't know what's happening. So I'll just leave you a note. Because I was only going to be done, gone for a day and a half. So like that night, I'll be back. I'm back the next night, basically. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I might see you tomorrow or I might not. <laughs> so I gave her a big hug and then basically jumped into the, the Land Rover. And we roared off to, on our way to the crater. So you're going to have to turn it into next week to hear about if I see Claire again and... All about my amazing time at the Nicaragua Crater. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one is about Arisha, funny enough. So nowadays there's about a half a million people that live there. And as I said, it's the Tanzania safari capital, as well as a stopover for climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So you do have beautiful views because Kili pretty close. That is the backdrop of Arusha, so that's pretty nice to look at. And there's over 100 nationalities, people that live in Arusha. There's dozens and dozens of different tribes as well. And then great food scene and cafe scene. They also have some really good markets as well. If you're looking to buy Tanzanite, the gemstone, which is for December, that is its home, like that's where it comes from. (laughs) So, there you go. So, tip number two. Now, if you wanted to go to Kagoma, the only reason you would want to do that is to go to one of the Chimp (laughs) Sanctuaries, to be honest. Yeah, you kind of have to, even now, you have to do what we did, or unless you go to either Mwanza, or it's on the border, Kenya, Tanzania, you can get the train from Mwanza to Kagoma, but from the looks of it, the train sounds exactly the same (laughs) as when I was there. (laughs) Or you could get the, do what we did, like half Bus from Arusha to Dodoma, and then Dodoma to Kagoma. Or you can fly from Arusha to Kagoma. Now, to get to Arusha, you can get there pretty easily from Nairobi or Dar es Salaam. It's pretty close to Nairobi, a few hours. Dar es Salaam is about 12 because Arusha is literally almost right at the Kenyan border. The train from Dar es Salaam to Arusha, you're looking between 10 and 20 bucks, And then the bus from Nairobi to Arusha is about $35. So just so you get a rough idea of nowadays prices. If you're interested in climbing Mount Maru, I didn't, but I do climb Mount Kilimanjaro. There's lots of trekking companies in Arusha and Mashi. So Mashi's the closest town from Kilimanjaro. They can organize everything. And you're looking between $450 to $800 for a four-day hike per person. And that would include everything, porters, transportation, accommodation, all that. But you can do it independently from probably around $400 if you wanted and booked everything like did. Apparently, it is a very challenging climb, about 15,000 feet. And it's also an active volcano. So it's about 70 kilometers from Kilimanjaro. If you're into that, go for it. Okay, so that is a wrap this week. Hey, listen, if you love the show or even like it, (laughs) and would like to buy me a beer for three bucks, go on over to com, And there's a big blue button that says support the podcast. I would super appreciate it. It sounds like I'm losing my voice, so I don't know how long I'll be able to do this. Oh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way either. We'll see you next week uh, to hear all about the Nagora Crater. All right. Take care and safe travels one road at a time.